and what it is that you have done. And we pray, Lord, that you will do a supernatural work in our hearts. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We've all been waiting for Christmas to arrive. For some, the waiting has been in anticipation of unhappiness, perhaps loneliness, pain, sadness. For others, there's an expectation of happiness, a looking forward to gathering around the table with loved ones and feasting together, opening packages. Tonight, regardless of how you have been waiting for Christmas, we come here to remember and to celebrate and to praise God for the birth of Jesus. Jesus, the Messiah. Our Jewish brethren know him as Yeshua HaMashiach, which means Jesus, the Messiah. The glory of Christmas is not that we celebrate the birth of a great religious leader. The glory of Christmas is that God came down and became one of us, born in the likeness of men. The very God who created man and who has endured our sins took on human form. The thought of this is scandalous, a holy God dwelling among sinners. But God did not act frivolously nor by happenstance. He came because He loved us. He came because He knew we needed to be rescued. The Scriptures say God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son the Messiah, into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love. Not that we have loved God, but that God loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. When God came, even though He was the Creator of all things, he did not come in human glory. He did not come seeking comfort, nor status, nor power, nor prestige. Instead, He emptied Himself into the form of a servant, become obedient even unto death, death on a cross. He loved us so much that He came in the greatest of humility, to serve and to save. Before the beginning of time, God knew that sin and death would infect this world. He knew that His creation would need to be rescued. So God ordained that He would come as the Messiah to be our rescuer. It is why God prophesied to the serpent in the garden, foreshadowing the cross 
when he said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. And he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. In God's love and infinite wisdom, he ordained that he would redeem and restore all things by becoming the Messiah. Hundreds of years passed as the people of God waited for the Messiah. So many years passed that for many it was but a distant hope, perhaps believing that it would never come. But many still believed. They knew that what God does He does to fulfill His promises. And so, when the time was right, the Messiah was born. As the prophet Isaiah had foretold, He was born of a virgin. And the identity of the one who was the Messiah, born of a virgin, was God with us. He was God who became flesh and dwelt among us. The true light that gives light to everyone. The people of God had expected that the Messiah would be a great king. They knew the prophecies that he would make Israel preeminent so that God would be known to all the world. They knew the prophecies that the Messiah would establish God's reign and peace and perfection over creation. But they overlooked the other prophecies of the Messiah, that He was to be the suffering servant of God, that He would make atonement for sin, not merely for God's own people, but for all people everywhere, for all who trust in Him. What they did not realize when they searched the prophecies is that the Messiah would come not only once, but twice. The first time as a suffering servant. The second time to establish God's kingdom over all things. The New Testament tells us that after the birth of the Messiah, eight days as was according to the custom, he was circumcised and named Jesus. His Hebrew name is Yeshua. It means God saves. And it reveals His purpose, who He was, and why He came. The New Testament goes on to record that 40 days after His birth, Mary and Joseph continued to follow the laws and customs of the people. We read in the Gospel of Luke, And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought Jesus up from Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it was written in the law of the Lord. Every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. According to the law, the firstborn male 
was to be brought to the temple of God and dedicated as a memorial, remembering when God had taken his people out of slavery in Egypt. They remembered that the spirit of death passed over the firstborn males of the household of the Jews, but claimed the lives of all others. Luke continues to record what happened when they brought the baby Jesus to the temple. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Simeon had been waiting all of his life for the Messiah to come. The Messiah, the people of God called the consolation of Israel or the hope of Israel. One of the traditional Jewish prayers that were prayed was, may I see the consolation of Israel. Simeon would have likely prayed this prayer and his prayer was answered in the baby Jesus. Luke continues writing, and he, that is Simeon, came in the spirit to the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, Simeon took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them. And he said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own heart also, so that the thoughts of many may be revealed. There was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Now there was nothing of note that would tell the world who the baby Jesus was. But Simeon and Anna recognized that he was the the Messiah because the Spirit had revealed it to them. The Spirit had revealed that the waiting for the Messiah to come was over. He would rescue and he would save. And he would fulfill all the promises of God. 
This is why they could not contain their joy. It is why they praised God and gave thanks to God. We too can take our cue from them. It is true that there are more prophecies yet to be fulfilled. There is a second coming of the Messiah. Jesus has promised that he will return. But we can give him praise and thanks for his first coming. For he has rescued us in it. He has saved us. God's steadfast love has been unfailing. The power of sin to condemn has been broken. We have the forgiveness of God because of the atoning act and sacrifice of his life upon the cross. The power of death has been overcome as he rose from the grave three days after he had died and promised that we would be like him and spend eternity with him. And the power of death had been overcome by eternal life. There was victory over evil for all who would avail themselves of faith in the Messiah. For when he ascended into heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit to his disciples that we might have the power of God residing within us, that we might call upon him to enable and to help us so that we would have victory over evil. The Messiah has come. He has given His life upon the cross to rescue us. The Word of God says the day of salvation is now. It does this because He has done the saving work. For all who believe in Him, salvation is available. The Word of God says to all who receive Him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Some here tonight may have not accepted him. Perhaps you grew up knowing about him, but you have not chosen to believe in him and place your trust in him. Well, if the Spirit of God is tugging at your heart, then may I invite you to choose Him, to trust Him. For in Him, God has overcome, and we will prevail. It is God's promise to us. There is no sin too great, nor are there sins too many that God will not forgive. He is filled with great, immeasurable love. It is his greatest desire to forgive us and to restore us into relationship with him so that we may love and enjoy him and live with him now and tomorrow and forever. And if it was a decision that you made long ago,
but perhaps have fallen away, then may I invite you to make that choice again. Because he loves you. And he will receive you as he has promised. And for those of us who do believe, then let us remember that we live in great grace. That though the scriptures call us saints, yet we are but sinners like everyone else. So let us be mindful that we are not better than them. It is just that we are saved because we have trusted in him. And let us share the greatest thing we have to offer to ever, anyone, which is this gift that God has given to us, eternal life. And let us be mindful to be graceful people just as Jesus was. Tonight, as we remember and celebrate God's coming in the Messiah, we also remember and celebrate how he came. 